and welcome to Fresh Press for April 6th, 2021. My name is Gabe. And my name is Andrew. This is a show about music where we talk about new tunes and woodworking grooves. Okay. Yeah, that's nothing, but that's fine. Andrew, on the day we are recording this, it is Easter. It sure is. As you know, on Easter, Jesus rose from the dead to ascend to heaven. Mm -hmm. I think. That's how it went, right? And um, Something like that. And before Jesus was Jesus, Jesus was a carpenter. Or I guess Jesus well, was still was Jesus? Well, his name was still Jesus. Oh. But this was before he was like, you know, Jesus. I mean, he was still Jesus? What do you mean by that? I don't know. I haven't read the New Testament. You mean before he was like, had fought? But I mean, like, when he was born, they were like, here's the son of God. We know it now. Oh, yeah, it's true. So, so it's he's kind of like always like, been Jesus. Hmm. This carpenter kid sure's got some crazy ideas about God. It's, I mean, I guess they probably did say that, but now people already knew that he was Jesus. Well, there are too many songs about Jesus, so we didn't go for Jesus today. Mm-hmm. So we went for carpentry instead. Yeah. And Andrew, you went with really a classic. It is a classic, and also... This song is so not about Jesus that it is, in fact, about the devil. (laughs) (laughs) This is The House Carpenter, and the version that I am bringing to you today is as it is performed by Buffy St. Marie. So, uh, first, Buffy St. Marie is a uh, folk musician. Uh, she's originally from Canada. She was born in Saskatchewan. Um, and then she was she was abandoned as an infant. And she was adopted by uh, a family in Massachusetts. So that's where she grew up. And then she returned to uh, Canada. She is uh, Cree in heritage. She started in the, in the Greenwich folk scene in the sort of mid 60s or early 60s actually um she's she was apparently blacklisted in the 60s and 70s 70s especially because she wrote a lot of songs and performed a lot of songs in support of the indian community and specifically about mistreatment and persecution that uh indians in the u.s and in canada under underwent at the hands of their various governments and uh, citizens. So apparently, like, LBJ was, like, writing to radio stations on presidential stationery to be like, good job, don't play this lady's music. So that is bad, I'm going to say. Yeah, that's pretty fucked up. Although that adds a certain amount of street cred to a folk musician. That's true, but also because the worst, they were yeah, stopping yeah, I mean, her music from being played on radio stations, it kind of sucks. No, definitely sucks. But from like what I know of her and from what we can tell of the song, like she was a very powerful musician. Oh yeah. Singer. The song that we're talking about is called The House Carpenter, although it it uh is also known by a variety of other names. Uh, such as the Demon Lover and James Harris. 
What? Not sure where that, where that one comes from, but I assume some variant of the lyrics includes that is the name of the of the sailor. Huh. The song is about a woman who uh, a, a man, a former lover of hers, comes to her door and says that he's just returned from the sea and he wants her to come with him, even though she's already married to the titular house carpenter. Um, he says, you know, I could have married a king's daughter, but I didn't because I wanted to come back to you. And so you should dump your house carpenter husband and leave your child and come with me. And so she does. And then uh, it goes badly. <laughs> That's sort of in broad strokes. And it varies as as many folk songs do in terms of the specifics. In this one, I, I ended up choosing this one after listening to a bunch of different versions because it includes the sailor being the devil which i found cooler than just like oh and their boat sank whatever don't cheat on your husband because your boat will sink this is like don't cheat on your husband with the devil because then you'll go to hell yeah it kind of just takes it up a notch huh yeah it's cooler (laughs) she sees that he is a cloven hoof it's like hardcore he is the devil i don't know why it takes her like two weeks to see that he is a cloven hoof Two weeks on the ship. And then a week, she's like, oh no, oh shit, I married the devil. Or I, I left my marriage for the devil. And then a week later, he stomps his foot. And uh, the boat sinks. And they go to hell. Now they hadn't been on ship but about two weeks. I'm sure it was not three. When she espied his a cloven foot and began to weep most bitterly. And I weep So I find lyrical inclusion compelling, but also musically, I love this particular version. The immediate musical idea that stands out to me on this song is the like main line in the song is well met well met Mm -hmm. and the way she sings it is so distinctive because she like delays the met of well met if that makes sense you know like if you listen to other versions of the song it's like well met well met and she like goes well met i don't does that make sense am i coming through here yeah no it it absolutely i absolutely understand what you mean it is um I gotta say, I, I should I should maybe know more specifically, but I think what it, what she's really doing is putting a, like a, a met into it, like a well a met, like there's there's almost it's not she doesn't really put that vowel in between it, but she really hits that m, which is a which is a style of singing consonants at the start of words, especially important ones that I associate with the like Appalachian folk style. Yes, definitely. That has this this strong attack on on words like that the other thing that she does which is so effective here and something that i really love in a song like this is that she inhabits different characters in the song Mm. there are a lot of folk songs like this where it is i mean there are a lot of folk songs specifically like this where it's a sailor talking to his love and they both have lines and there's also some narration um, and she really inhabits both of them. You know, there's there's a verse where where the where the woman is weeping, and she sings this weeping, like she she has this tremor to her voice. And there's 
you know, as as the song goes on, the devil becomes more he becomes more devilish, and as he's singing later to the end, he's he's nastier and and meaner, and she inhabits that. She makes it harsher, and you can really tell when it is him singing versus her singing, which is sometimes really important in a song like this. You know, if it's just trading verses between the two of them, if you've got one singer, it can be hard to tell what exactly is going on. But when when you really inhabit the character like she does, it's 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 really cool. Yeah, it brings the story to life. Whose face you'll never see no more. I am not weeping for my house and land, and I'm not weeping for my store. And it's I I'm weeping for my soul so dear, whose purity I'll never see no more. Gabe, you also went a sort of folky, uh, folky kind of route. I definitely did, although slightly more modern in terms of release. Sure. This song is Shipwright from The Lowest Pair off their 2015 record, The Sacred Heart Sessions. Is a shipwright a carpenter? I mean, it's a square rectangle. Yeah, a shipwright is a kind of carpenter, at least according to the Wikipedia page for carpentry. Ah, did that have a hand in you then searching the word shipwright in Spotify? Well, first I looked for luthier, which I thought would have been fun. So the lowest pair is indeed two people. Kendall Winter and Palmer T. Lee. They are named the lowest pair off of a song, poem, really more of a poem from John Hartford. Andrew, are you familiar with John Hartford? I don't think so. Not by name. He was a sort of well-known banjo player um, through like the 70s, 80s, 90s. Hmm. So he wrote a poem song called The Lowest Pair, which is a parody of sorts, of the Lord's Prayer. Okay. Which um, uh, is pretty funny. So we're really going we're really going hard on the blasphemy this Easter. <laughs> yeah, didn't did really stick to the... Uh, anyway, The it starts with, now first thing is to say this, much further out than inevitable Halloween's thy game. Sky King has come and Wilma's done, uncertain as it is uneven. From the lowest pair by John Hartford. So banjo player wrote this kind of funny little thing, forty-five second clip in one of his albums, and Kendall Winter and Palmer Tooley took it for their name of their banjo duet group. Sounds pretty good. Um, this is their like an early EP, basically from before they were really in the groove of making records together. This came out in 2015. They proceeded to release two different albums simultaneously the following year in 2016. Excuse me? Yeah, so they released two albums. One is called Fern Girl and Iceman. The other is called Uncertain. Love that movie. The other is called Uncertain as it is Uneven. That's also from the 
That's from the lowest. Correct. Prayer with the the Lord's pair. What? Ooh, don't like that. <laughs> yeah. So both of these albums were released simultaneously, same day, but they are two different albums. Cool. And the obvious question is, why not a double album? And I think that the reasonable response is because they're two different ideas of music. <laughs> like they're. If you read their interviews, they're like they're just they're different. They're not they can't. It's not the, and who, also who wants to listen to twenty five songs? <laughs> um, and then they eventually ended up on Connor Oberst of Bright Eyes's mm. label, Team Love Records, um, and released their most recent album last year called The Perfect Plan. So the name of that one album, Fern Girl and Iceman, alludes to where the two members of the group are from, Kendall Winter is from Olympia, Washington, Washington, and thus Fern Girl. And Palmer T. Lee is from Minneapolis, Minnesota, and hence Iceman. Although, something interesting, like in 2019, Kendall Winter went to Antarctica. Okay. Where she spent uh, like a season at the South Pole. Not, I don't know if she was doing science. I think she was like, doing music that i'm not entirely clear and apparently one like the south pole marathon she's an avid runner the what although i have been totally unable to corroborate that fact (laughs) i was looking up south pole winters and i mean she's probably telling the truth but i cannot tell you which marathon it was precisely so shipwright the song i think is a very cool example of like this double banjo style of like americana music yeah i love when you have this phenomenon of two people playing the same instrument as a duet i mean we're, we're very familiar with the vocal idea but like i love a double violin thing when you get the two guitars like we did last week Uh, Like, just two of the same instruments, so you have this overlapping sense of timbres, and the instruments sort of meld together, and it can be hard to tell where one player begins and the other ends. Mm, Yeah. And now, the two banjos here are pretty distinct in sound and style, which is cool, but still, it's they're both banjos, right? Um, I actually wanted to ask you about that. As a banjo connoisseur, Andrew, Um, do you know anything about the differences between banjos? I don't know anything about banjos. Well, it's worth a shot. You like folk music, so. <laughs> I mean, I know. Ba- I don't know. No, I don't know anything about. I don't know anything about banjos. Yeah, me neither. If I saw a banjo, I w- I could say like, yeah, it's a banjo. Yeah, yeah, sure. Well, I imagine there are different kinds of banjos, and they're probably playing a couple different kinds of banjos. Yeah, I actually. Well, I I think that there are different. I think there might be different numbers of strings. Uh huh. Sure. That seems That's plausible. as far as I'm going to go. Okay. I should have looked up some banjo facts for this, apparently. Yeah. The double banjo style also goes well with sort of the light harmonizing that they do. Mm-hmm. So on this song, Palmer is the dominant vocalist, um, but Kendall Winter comes in occasionally. And I like that style of just occasionally harmonizing or harmonizing on purpose important phrases or words or when you want to emphasize it's like little flashes of magic Mm 
gonna build me a boat Would you make it of aluminum and plastic You wanna build me a boat The song is sort of a love song um, describing like building ships out of two kinds of materials. You know, it starts with mm-hmm. teak and cedar. Yeah. But it also, like the first verse is about building a ship out of teak and cedar and being like, oh, it, it smells so nice and it'll burn so <laughs> beautifully so. in the ocean. You're like, what? It'll burn? <laughs> what are we doing with these ships? Well, maybe it's Vikings. You're right. Maybe it is Vikings. I just find the duo very interesting in general in that it's like a subsection of music that I don't regularly familiarize myself with. Like, they met on the Midwest, like, festival circuit, which Mm. is not like a festival circuit I'm particularly acquainted to (laughs) with. And, you know, they were both playing in, like, random other groups doing, like, punk and solo stuff. And they're like, oh, you play banjo? I play banjo. Let's do a banjo thing. And then, like, seven years later, they're making banjo music. <laughs> Remarkable. Even if the wind just barely caught my sails, there'd be no room for tears or hugs. Farewell. one of those new music weeks that wasn't quite inspirational although there was a lot of good stuff out there yeah there wasn't there wasn't a lot of like jaw-dropping stuff that i found but i think we both still found two uh pretty lovely pieces of music yes what did you bring in particular this song is entitled have a heart and it's by rat boys off their new sort of commemorative album, Happy Birthday, Rat Boy. I saw a woman in my window. So I say commemorative album because... It was released on uh, April 1st in celebration of their sort of 10-year anniversary as a band. I mean, they had a, there was a band before that, but 10 years ago, on April 1st, 2011, they put up their first EP, which is entitled Rat Boy, uh, onto Bandcamp. I don't think it was even really like a big like release. It was just like, hey, friends, here's our music that you're listening to when you come see us at the open mic night in college. (laughs) So uh, this was sort of a surprise release. And uh, the first five tracks on the album are the five tracks of that Rat Boy EP, but new recordings. And then the next five tracks are also new recordings of five other older Rat Boys songs from that era. So they most of these were not released or some of them were released as like singles or they're very rare, hard to find. 
and that's where have a heart comes from so that that's in the in the latter half of the album it also the album also includes uh one song that they released i think uh like late last year uh called go outside that's the one sort of that's the newest song in the album but they're all sort of uh the rest of it is renditions of of older songs rat boys is a uh band from chicago the uh two chief members and the two members who founded the band are julia steiner and dave sagan they also have a couple other folks in the group now marcus nuccio plays the drums sean newman plays the bass also weirdly i was i was on their wikipedia page and there's like an other live members section in the band members thing sure and there's like there's four drummers and one trumpet player, which I assume is just like, you know, they have a, well, a drummer who can play whatever. But also one of the four drummers is Namdi Obanayev. What? <laughs> I don't know why that's it's just, it's just like in there. I don't know enough about Rat Boys to, or like why that's it. But yeah, Namdi is just, you know, other live members of Rat Boys. Namdi, drums. <laughs> that's that's chill, I guess. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Anyway, um... Julia Steiner, Dave Sagan, they uh, met each other uh, at freshman orientation at Notre Dame, where they went to school, mm. um, and they immediately started making music together. So that was 2010, their freshman orientation. So then they put out this EP in April of 2011. So that's pretty quick. Yeah, wow. Also very Easter appropriate. Because of Notre Dame? Yep. That's all I have. Yeah, I guess. Because Notre Dame is a Catholic school, you know? Well, Gabe, I actually, I can do you one better. They also put out a cover of Spiderweb, which is a song uh, written by a band from Champaign, Illinois, and that band's name is Easter. Nice. (laughs) Nailed it, rap boys. So, like I said, this song, Have a Heart, is not from that Rat Boy EP, but um, I did find a, a recording of it, and it is a, like, it was from the Top Shelf Records, which is their label, and it said, like, ah, yes, this out now. I'm not sure exactly where that so- the original version of this song lives now. Hmm. Um, it seems like it does not live on the internet, but perhaps it lives physically. I mean, it lives on the internet on YouTube, so go find it there. But it doesn't seem like it lives on streaming sites or on Bandcamp or anything. So who knows? Well, it lives here now in a <laughs> yes. new re-recorded version, which is excellent. Yes, it, it is. It is excellent. The structure of the song has not really changed much. But the one major change or, or addition is in the latter half of the song. Um, it gets bigger and bigger. And in the original recording, it's just guitars and it's just sort of loud sort of rock stuff, which is great. It's it's a great song, the original one. This one is a lot more varied and lush, and it also has a string quartet in it, which is lovely, I think. Yeah. Um, it would not have made sense at the time of the original recording, I don't think. Like it, it doesn't, it didn't, it wouldn't have meshed with that. But here, they're ten years older. It, it's, it's a little more. This version is a little more tender, thanks in, in no small part to 
the addition of the string quartet and just sort of the re reorchestrating of the song as a whole. There are these nice little guitar figures sort of that sort of float in the background, especially as the strings come in, that make it just a, a little more subtle, a little have a little more of a of a careful touch than sort of the garagey kind of more angst ridden guitars of the original recording. Yeah, it's the sort of musical upgrade that comes with a few more years and maybe some more maturity and musical experience and also maybe just a better recording setup. Yeah, I was going to say also access. <laughs> like I'm sure they didn't they weren't like, "Oh yes, we'll just get this string quartet in here into our definitely studio that we're recording yeah. in." And also st- a string quartet doesn't make sense if your recording is very lo-fi. Right. <laughs> Yeah, it would not. It would not really uh, give it the depth that uh, this that it gives to this recording. I just think this song is an excellent case study in when you should bring the drums in. <laughs> yes, that's very you know, true. I was yeah. listening to it. And I was like, wow, if you cannot nail it any better than they nail it on this song, it feels so good. You're like, Oh yeah. yes. And I mean, credit to them. That's something that didn't change. The original also has the same, like just guitar at the beginning and then adds drums at that point so that's you know that was they knew they hit gold and they and they stuck with it yeah yeah i don't want to go too too deep into the lyrics but it's you know it's a it's a beautiful and sad song um asking someone to have a heart i do just want to mention this this really interesting from like a songwriting perspective line that they have in the in the third verse it's give me a second with the arrow we must go straight there and not reply and then these these next two lines, your face is nothing. Do you realize the power of your foolishness? Do not reply. I just love the structure of that, where it's like a statement, a question, and then like and then a follow-up to that question. And so unlike, you know, unlike the house carpenter, where it's one character talking to another, this is just the the main voice saying things to someone and not and telling them not to reply and the way that uh she sings it the the way that julie steiner sings it too um makes it just flow which is always something that i enjoy the ability for a song's lyrics to feel like a poem in that when you read it on a page versus when you hear it in the song um, there's there's different layers that you get from from each perspective and from both perspectives together. Straight there and not reply. Your face is nothing. Do you realize the power of your foolishness? Do not reply.
Gabe, with your new tune, I think we have successfully made an episode where all of all four of the songs are pretty much Andrew songs. Yeah, I know. I was thinking about that. I was like, ah, shit, I wrote a folk song and then sort of another folk song, and Andrew's <laughs> yeah. just going to bring folk. <sighs> well, it's okay because I this was my favorite album top to bottom of the week, and I think a lovely song off the record. Anyway, this is Maybe So from Anne Scott off her new record, Lily. It's love again. Got into my head. It lays me Scott is an interesting one in that she was definitely way more famous like 13 years ago. Huh. Really? Yeah. Um, so she's an Irish singer-songwriter out of Dublin. Okay. And she garnered quite a bit of attention in the mid to late 2000s, specifically with her like debut record titled Poor Horse. And, you know, she was, like, nominated for some music awards in Ireland, et cetera, et cetera. And most of the press that I found about her was from that time. Although she continued to make music, and I think excellent music, after that. And I have found some press, like, off of each of her last couple albums. But then this album that came out, Lily, which, you know, dropped on Friday, nothing. It's, like, silence. Weird. I found this album like deep in the album of the year.org releases section. I was like, well, I haven't found anything yet, so let's give this one a try. And I think that really doesn't do her justice because it's excellent songwriting and lovely singing and, and quite interesting. She has this like beautiful and somewhat disquieting tendency to all of her music. <laughs> Um, this song, I think, plays it up a little bit more because the chords of Maybe So are much more minor and on edge than hmm. uh, maybe some of her other work. But but even some of the other songs in this, it's like both the music and the lyrics are just like slightly off kilter in like, I think, a positive way uh, in that it keeps the music very interesting. So I don't have a lot more information about what she's up to. I mean, you know, this is her fifth record. And, you know, in the meantime, she's lived a life and, like, had a child and all of these things. Married a house carpenter. Yeah, right. One other interesting note about the whole album before we talk more about the song is that a couple of the songs on this album, including the song Knife, which I was very tempted to bring, have been previously released in other forms and then re-recorded for this record, similar to what Rat Boys did, mm-hmm. which is sort of interesting to me as well. It's like this refinement process of songs from earlier in your career, and like this new re-recording of that song, Knife, is much cleaner, and importantly, like totally removes the drums. 
the percussion is gone. Huh. It was like like a rock version in the original album. Maybe so is the name of the song. I've talked a little bit about how, you know, the chords are a little bit disquieting, I think is the word I want to go with. Um, but but so are the lyrics in that it's kind of about the unsettling it's about the unsettling nature of being in love and what it's like to feel like like fixated on someone or some idea. Hmm. But also there is lots of like imagery of death in this song as well, which is interesting. I don't know if I have any like critical analysis of of like the specific <laughs> words, but I just found the way of her singing them mixed with the structure of the song to be like slightly off-putting. I don't. I I guess I know. What you, I, I I guess unner, uh, off-putting is off-putting is not the right word. Unnerving? No, because I'm very on put. I'm very put on to this song. No, at yeah. no point am I put off. Like I really like the song, but also I like it because I find it so interesting. Yeah. Rather than because it's like you know pure singer songwriter beauty, if that makes sense. It does. It not does. that it's not beautiful, but that that like in a different way. Yeah. No, I, I I absolutely know what you mean. It's really hard to talk about it. That doesn't sound like you're you dislike it, but but you actually really like it. Right. It's just it's just it's it has this this quality to it that is so intriguing and engaging. or half rhymes through the song and in like different quantities right not like in there's no a b b a structure to this you know she rhymes head with dead but then there's like lots of these o sounds it's spoken so you know i know you know your breath's so cold the telephone has made me cold sticks and stones have broke my bones you know like the o over and over again mm-hmm it keeps coming back and then she'll go away and 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 like move on to other like slant rhymes and half rhymes which gives it like sort of this coherency but also again it's like it's like just off enough from like whatever some ideal of perfection that it makes it interesting and lovely and good i don't know it's uh, music is hard <laughs> to talk about i'm not good at talking about andrew songs yeah, takes a lot of practice. <laughs> There's also excellent instrumentation on the song, like beautiful strings. I guess it's a viola is the most prominent instrument there, although hard to tell. There's also a very subtle piano that comes in and out, um, just like a few notes at a time, which I thought was interesting. And she does a lot of like doubling of her own vocals and harmonizing with herself. And again, like I was talking about on the song from The Lowest Pair, it's like done sparsely and in a way that's used for emphasis um, rather than like the whole song. I don't know, Andrew, this is your kind of music. What did you think? 
Yeah, no, I thought it was lovely. And I thought it was lovely that you've brought something that I was that you knew I would think was so lovely. <laughs> um, I, I hadn't listened to this album. I, I didn't hear about it. Yeah, right. So I'm very excited to, uh, <laughs> once we're done this recording, listen to it immediately. Yeah, there are some other songs that I really loved on here, although there were a couple singles that were released. But again, like, not a lot of press. I don't know. Maybe I should send a strongly worded email to... You know what? We're the press. Yeah, that's right. We are the press. And Scott, we loved it. just because we weren't enamored with some of the other music that came out this week doesn't mean there was not a lot of good music that came out. Oh yeah, there was a lot of there was a lot of good stuff. Andrew, what else caught your eye? I really enjoyed an album by Riley Walker called mm-hmm. Course in Fable. Um not sure how to describe it, but it's pretty cool. There is like a French electronic new wavy thing new wave maybe is not like in the electronic sense um from la femme called paradigm like paradigm and then add an es it's good uh the flock of dimes album that's jen wasner of y oak um has finally come out it is gorgeous i love it as an album as a whole gabe and i both agreed that for the purposes of the show none of the tracks that were not released as singles really worked as like a as like a banner track but as as a unit as an album it's it's gorgeous yeah i agree lovely album major murphy put out uh what i would call a pretty straight ahead indie rock record called access that i very much liked there is a uh bluesy album by christina vane entitled nowhere sounds lovely that I was actually pretty close to bringing a track from um, sort of country and bluesy. Very nice. Very good. uh, Lovely resonator playing from her. I wanted to mention an album from Dispirited Spirits, who is Rodrigo Diaz. Um, The name of the album is Fragments of a Dying Star. Rodrigo Diaz is a 17-year-old Portuguese a person boy a high schooler who like made this beautiful like psychedelic rock album like about like escaping to space that i thought was really good although it does sound like it was written by a 17 year old in like the best (laughs) ways but also in some of the worst ways it's it's a it's a it's a weird it's it's a weird but cool yeah, it's got like great. He's has great sense of like uh, the ideas and the music, and like the concept of the album is really cool. But some of his songwriting is clunky, and I was thinking about bringing something off that album just to talk about how interesting I found like 
this is like a human being in the midst of their development as a musician. Like it's so hard to be a good musician and we bring a lot of artists and there are lots of artists out there making music and all of these people have put in so many years of work and refining their craft through notes on their iPhone and recording demo after demo. And it's cool to see somebody who's like, I'm just going to put out a project, even though like they're not like some incredible folk artist yet. Like they're going to get there. And that this album is like an album that made me feel like optimistic and hopeful about all of the future music that there's going to be to listen to from such talented people. Jesus. Okay. I don't know. I was feeling emotional today. Okay, fine. Now I feel like I don't want to continue after that. Oh no. I mean, come on, keep going. <laughs> okay. You should cut uh, like half of that. So. Um, there's a new release from our favorite jazz label. Jazz is dead. Uh, from Gary Bartz, who is a saxophonist. Um, and that, recording as you may expect also includes alicia sheed muhammad and adrian young so if you have liked some of the other jazz stuff that we've talked about recently you will like this yeah and one other jazz record i wanted to point out was um crisis and opportunity volume one london from miele manzanza who is a drummer um out of new zealand and in the london scene of jazz uh, I love these like jazz combos that are built from the drummer up. I don't know, such great sense of rhythm and the rhythm section is obviously much more focal than like if you have a trumpeter leading the jazz group. Uh, there is a new EP from Field Medic entitled Plunge Deep Golden Knife. But when I say new, it's not really new. It's unclear to me because it's, this, I think, is the first time this EP is on the internet, but I do have it on cassette because it I got it as a two-pack of his album from last year, Floral Prince, from which I brought a song onto this podcast. It came in like a DVD case. I guess, I mean, it was small and it was for two cassettes and had a cassette of that and a cassette of Plunge Deep, Golden Knife. So I've heard all these songs before. It's in my car. But... It's new? I don't know. It's good. Wow. Hmm. Well, as we talked about when we talked about Field Medic, he has an unusual style of recording music. Yes, very much so. So that kind of checks out. And that is our show for the week. You can give us a follow on Twitter at Fresh Pressed Pod. We have a playlist with all of the songs that we've featured on the podcast, and the link to that Spotify playlist is in the show notes. We are going to be off from our regular recording schedule next Tuesday. So we will not be releasing an episode. Andrew, do you want to tell people why? Well, you're doing some traveling and I will probably be, or I'm not really sure what my convalescing status will be because I am receiving my second shot that Saturday. Hooray. So I may, That's it's very exciting, but it also means I probably won't have as much energy to listen to 25 new albums and record a podcast Sunday night. So just a week off and then we'll be back on April 20th with the usual grooves and tunes. But until then, I'm Gabe. I'm Andrew. And you have been listening to Fresh Pressed. <laughs> <laughs>